Well, hello there on this wet, rainy Thursday. We greet you with Jesus' joy. And of course, with every breath I take, I am learning to understand that every day is a day of thanksgiving as far as our relationship with the Lord is concerned. Certainly delighted for all of you who are joining us as far as our time of study is concerned uh, with our Bible study. And over the next several weeks, we're dealing with um, an interesting lesson as we navigate uh, some things that we as disciples of Jesus Christ must be aware of when it comes to um, walking with God. So talking about lessons on development for disciples of Jesus Christ. I am certainly convinced that part of our problem as far as uh, today's culture is concerned is that um, many of us uh, come to church, uh, many of us engage in the work of ministry, but we are uh, kind of clueless about who we're working for and why we're doing the things that we're doing. And so uh, kind of uh, ran up on, on some time of study and just want to walk through uh, over the next several weeks, uh, the time that we are called to engage in this work of study. And so last week, we talked about how you're saved to serve, saved to serve. This week, we want to help you to understand uh, Jesus Christ as Lord and really unpack that in a very meaningful way. Uh, and we're going to come from Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23, Colossians chapter 1 verses 15 through 23. So as we prepare to get started as far as today's conversation, let's bow heads for a word of prayer, and then we'll get started as far as our work is concerned. God, we come and we thank you for this wonderful opportunity to study your word, to really learn who you are, why you love us so, and uh, why we are in the place that we're in right now. We pray right now, God, that you, the master teacher, We'll show up in this moment, teach us your precepts. Let your word be a lamp to our feet and a light to our pathway. Show yourself strong and mighty as only you can. Uh, and we'll bless your name. It is in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 So I kind of want to put this out there just for consideration as far as our time is concerned. Who do you think Jesus was before you came to the saving knowledge of who Jesus is. So before you got saved, I want you to kind of ruminate on that in your mind. Who did you think Jesus was? Just was he some good teacher or a good person or a miracle worker? Who do you think Jesus was before you got saved and before you came into a better understanding of who Jesus Christ is as Lord and Savior. And I think that this is very important because <clears throat> what we think about Jesus or what we have thought about Jesus really determines what we do as far as the work of ministry, but even more importantly, how we live our lives as far as being disciples of Jesus Christ. And I would dare say that unfortunately, even in the culture today, too many people have a bad understanding of who Jesus Christ really is. 
And I can tell you just by um, this notion as pastor here at St. Paul Baptist Church, I teach all new member classes. I've had a wonderful opportunity since I've come here uh, to teach hundreds of people who have gone through our new members class. And it is absolutely amazing and astounding that when I ask them, who is God? Who is Jesus? Who is the Holy Spirit? And I put all that stuff out, that a lot of folks got some interesting stuff to say when it comes to who they think God is, who they think Jesus is, but particularly on the person of Jesus Christ. And what even blows my mind at an amazing uh, 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 rate is that many people don't understand two fundamental things. Number one, how does Jesus relate or is connected to God, Father slash creator? And what does that mean for us as far as our relationship with Jesus Christ? Because there are those who are on what I would call the liberal or the far left who thinks that Jesus is just a political revolutionary who came to upset the apple cart as far as the Roman government is concerned. Okay, so you got that on the far left. But then you have those on the far right who would maintain that Jesus was a moralist and a staunch conservative and was representing the status quo. Okay, and then there are a whole lot of others who see Jesus as being just a miracle worker, a do-gooder who loves everybody, who does not want confrontation at all costs. Okay, and so really what I want to do is hopefully and prayerfully in the time that we have together is to unpack in a very meaningful, uh, theologically correct, biblically grounded way of all of us understanding, appreciating, and appropriating who Jesus is. So Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through verse 23. I want to read that for you as far as our hearing is concerned, and um, then we're going to get to the work of unpacking it, okay? All right. So I'll be reading from the New King James Version of Scripture. I'm going to have you to highlight some phrases, okay? This is going to be very important. And I want to unpack these phrases in a very meaningful way because how we interpret these phrases um, in our understanding is not the necessary way that it was interpreted when Paul wrote it. All right? So... Let's look at verse 15. When he talks about he, he's talking about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. I want you to highlight the image of the invisible God. I want you to highlight uh, the firstborn of all creation. I want you to circle the word firstborn because that's, that's going to be very critical for me to unpack for us uh, as far as our time together is concerned. Verse 16. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Underline that phrase, all things were created through him and for him. Verse 17, and he is before all things, circle before, 
and in him all things consist. Verse 18, he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have preeminence. I want you to highlight verse 18. <clears throat> okay. All right. Let's look at verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in him the fullness should dwell. I want you to highlight the phrase, the fullness should dwell. And by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of the cross. I want you to highlight the phrase, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Okay. Let's look at verse 21. And you who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled, underline reconcile, in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, circle the word holy, and blameless, circle the word blameless, and above reproach in his sight. Circle the phrases or the words above reproach in his sight. Verse 23, if indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard, which was preached to every creature under the heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. All right. I know this is a lot that has been dropped on you all. Uh, and this is just what I consider to be very deep theological territory. And, um, uh, but it's good stuff by virtue of the fact that uh, if I can unpack it for your understanding, it's gonna bless you in an incredible and a tremendous way. All right. So let's, um, let's go back and let's look at starting at verse 15, uh, because this is really dealing with what we would call the preeminence uh, of Jesus Christ, the preeminence of Jesus Christ. And, and what Paul does is that Paul mentions seven major distinctions of Jesus that qualifies Jesus Christ having supremacy over everything in creation, okay? Having supremacy over everything in creation, all right? And so I'm gonna list them for you um, and I hope that it blesses you. Number one, the image of God, the visible image of the invisible God, all right? Number two, firstborn over creation. Number three, creator of the universe. Number four, head of the church. Number five, firstborn from the dead. Number six, fullness of God. Number seven, reconciler of all things. All right, give them back to you one more time. The visible image of God, the firstborn over creation, creator of the universe, head of the church, firstborn from the dead, 
fullness of God, reconciler of all things. There is no one in all of existence that compares to Jesus. He is the supreme sovereign of the universe. All right, he's the supreme sovereign of the universe. Okay, now this is really Jesus is the, the, the determining and the differentiating factor as far as Christianity is concerned that sets Christianity apart from all other religions. Okay, this is why, here it is, it's so important for us to understand why we connect, why we believe, why we trust in Jesus Christ. Okay, all right, okay. Now, let me, if I could, I want to set kind of the context for what we are, what we're dealing with at the church at Colossae. Because church at Colossae is one of those Greek churches. Um, they got some interesting things going on as far as Colossae is concerned. And a lot of it has to deal with the uh, philosophical differences as far as the Greeks were concerned that had impact upon whom Paul was preaching to. And so they were influenced by Greek philosophers like Plato, Socrates, Aristotle, Euripides, all these Greek philosophers. And part of the Greek philosophical impetus was that the world is evil, that matter is evil, that the body is evil. Okay? So believing that the world is evil, matter is evil, body is evil. You have false teachings arguing that there was no way that God would have come to the world in the flesh because the flesh is what? Evil. Okay. All right. So Paul is trying to argue that away. There's another thing that they're arguing is that these false teachers did not believe that God created the world because God cannot create evil, all right? Uh, but Paul is arguing that God did create the world, all that is in it and all that goes along with it and predicated upon choices that we make. And of course I did some teaching on, on suffering and evil in the past uh, weeks that hopefully and prayerfully will undergird this conversation. All right. Here's another one. These false teachers did not believe that Jesus Christ is the only and unique son of God, but they maintained that he was just one of several mediators between God and humanity. What Paul is explaining in this particular context is that Jesus existed before anything was created and that Jesus is the only one, check this out, who has been resurrected, okay? That's why he's called the firstborn of the resurrection. 
And then there are those who do not see Jesus Christ as the source of salvation because they insisted that people could find God through special or secret knowledge. These were the Gnostics. Uh, Gnostics. They, the Gnostics believed that in order for you to be saved, you had to have this special or secret knowledge of who Jesus Christ was. And only those that had that special sauce, if I could use that term, were the ones that were saved. All right. Okay. So um, kind of laid that out because this is just an absolute wonderful aspect of, of, of how we're going to get to know who Jesus Christ is as far as our time is concerned. Now, verse 15 is where a whole lot of folks get stuck. Verse 15, Jesus is the image of the invisible God, 